people learn by storytelling. People especially learn by hearing about other people's mistakes or uh, about funny things. So if you can find some entertaining anecdotes to get your point across and tell a story, there's a couple of things that are going to happen. One, you're going to have more fun. You're going to get more engagement from the reporter or the host or the producer. You're going to get your point across. And guess what? You'll probably get asked back. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Unnoticed Show. I'm very lucky to have Alex Greenwood joining me all the way from Missouri. Alex, hi, how are you doing? Jim, I'm wonderful, wonderful. And uh, where are you? In a garden shed somewhere? What's going on there? I'm in the TARDIS, aka Time and Relative Dimension <laughs> in Space. I am Just otherwise known as Shed Radio, Alex. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not glamorous, but it is cozy. I'm here with Binky. So if you hear snoring, it's not me. It's the beagle by my side. But Alex, you're going to keep us all awake, I know, because you're a PR guy. You're an author. You also have two podcasts. And you and I are going to talk about something that you've just written about, which is how to be a good guest. Can we just talk about your background very briefly? But if someone's unnoticed, Alex, how can they use a podcast or an interview with the media to get noticed? I'll spare you all the boring stuff about me, other than to say former journalist, uh, been doing PR for about 25, 26 years, uh, but who's counting? Been podcasting off and on since 2006, and I'm a frequent guest on television locally and radio and, and podcasts, of course, and thanks again for having me on your show. And uh, But the thing that people that I work with the mo need to learn the most or ask me the most about is, oh my gosh, what if our public relations efforts or our media outreach efforts or our podcast outreach efforts are successful? What now? Now the real panic begins because I have to sit in the chair or go to the studio or get on Zoom and and give an interview. And so what I do is offer some tips that I think will get them over the hump and keep them calm and actually make the most out of that appearance. Now, what would be, after 25 years, some of the sort of do's and don'ts that you've written about? Because we all know that for clients, getting in front of the media is both highly anticipated, but also highly stressful. How do you help prepare people first, Alex? Let's start there. The first thing is that, that people need to practice a little bit if they've never done it before. All right. For me, it's not a big deal. They Local TV, about once a month, they ask me to pick a topic and come on and talk about it on their morning show. And that's fine by me. I can do that. But if you're just starting out doing this, it's not something you should just wing it. You should be prepared because even though your segment may only be four minutes, that can be an eternity if you zone out or forget what you're there to talk about. And I've seen this happen. I've had uh, physicians and very learned people put on TV who are like, ah, I'm fine. I don't need to practice. And They've zoned out. The deer in the headlights is a real thing. So what I tell people, the, the most important thing, even more than how you look, the clothes you wear, is to make sure you have your thoughts down. I tell people, I call it the rule of threes, have three points, three salient points about what you're trying to talk about ready. And, and when I say points, I don't just mean bullet points. Have three good anecdotes if possible. People learn by storytelling. People especially learn by hearing about other people's mistakes or uh, about funny things. So if you can find some entertaining anecdotes to get your point across and tell a story, there's a couple of things that are going to happen. One, you're going to have more fun. You're going to get more engagement from the reporter or the host or the producer. You're going to get your point across. And guess what? You'll probably get asked back. Yeah. Now, before you go on the, the TV or the radio, you're obviously a, a past master at this. You get your own messaging down with your rule of three. What do you advise in terms of people getting to understand the medium first, Alex? Because if they're going to go on TV or radio, 
it's like going into a social setting without knowing who else is going to be there. That's a great point, Jim. Yeah, the first thing, especially if, let's talk just talk to the traditional news media first, not podcasting necessarily. That's a little bit different. But the the traditional news media, let's say you're going to get interviewed on your local television station. Let's just say that. The thing to remember is this is a golden opportunity that's not just handed out to anybody. They, they have a certain amount of time for every episode. It has to be usually when uh, talking about my local media, the first question they want to know is, is it going to be local? Is your story related to the local uh, area that the viewers are in? They want to make sure it's that. And they also want to make sure uh, can you speak can you do these things do you present well all these things so the thing i always tell everybody if i'm pitching a client i often have to to the producer i often have some kind of tape ready to show them and that may be a podcast that may be just a, a youtube video they did on their website where they look their best they're confident they're looking in the camera they're telling a story a little audition reel if you, for one of a better term is a great thing to have but you've got to understand from the media's perspective, if you look like what we might call a dud, you might look like somebody who's never done anything like this before, who you might who might potentially be a deer in the headlights, you might freeze. It's a lot easier for them to say, I don't think so. So what I tell people all the time is remember, uh, news presenters, producers, reporters, they don't know anywhere near as much about your subject matter as you do. So if you can come off as confident, well-prepared, you, you look good on camera as best you can, and you understand to them that there's three or four minutes in your segment, and you're there to really do a job, which is to, one, make sure that you fill in all the gaps for them, answer a lot of questions that are probably strange and out of left field to you, but you always have to remember, reporters don't know anywhere near about what they're talking, what you're talking about than you do, so they're going to ask questions, so just always be prepared to... I don't say answer or have questions, answers ready. It's a child speaking to you, but definitely have it as somebody who clearly has never heard about what you do or maybe has heard about what you do, but has a misconception. So there's a lot of ways to prepare, but the most important thing there is to really demonstrate ahead of time as you're trying to get on a show, as you're trying to get interviewed, that you know what you're talking about and you're not going to leave them hanging. That's a really important thing. Yeah. And I suppose then you've got you sharing information about you. And then there's also doing a little bit of research about the media or the show or the journalist that you're going to go and talk to, Alex, what preparation or what tools do you help your clients to use to get ready to actually know and pitch properly with the audience that they're going to be talking to? It's important that they watch the program. I was fortunate enough to be invited on The Unnoticed, and I listened to a couple of shows because I wanted to get your tone, and I wanted to get the lay of the land on how the show goes. I understand it's a 20-minute show, and I'm a chatty person, so I better be concise as possible so I can get as much of there as I can, and that's good, because when you have a good host, that's important. That's the host's job. Your job is to provide information, but the main thing, though, is that I, if you're consuming it a little bit beforehand, viewing it before the information you're watching a program beforehand or reading a reporter's column if it's going to be a print reporter or listening to a radio program you're going to know what to expect and that's going to take your tension level down too by the way just knowing just getting ready for this podcast for example i know jim's show is 20 minutes these are the things he likes to cover we're going to we're going to log on before we record and chat for a little bit just to establish a nice rapport all those things brought the temperature down for me. Even though I've done a lot of these kinds of interviews, it's always a challenge because you don't know. And the less, the more your anxiety can go up. So I also think it's great when you're on TV. Let's say you get that and you're being shown into the studio. I assume soon right here where we are, where I go on a monthly appearance, I'm doing it via Zoom. I assume eventually they're going to open the studio back up and I can go back in. What's really great when they're micing you up and they're sitting you down on the set and the commercial's playing or another story's playing and you say to the host, by the way, 
the other day, that guest who was talking about how to macrame a t-shirt into a potted plant holder, I thought that was fantastic. And they'll laugh. And I like the macrame as well. Yeah, it was one of my one of my favorites. <laughs> but what's amusing uh, to me about that, too, is that these hosts, they do so many of these shows and they have so many guests. They've already forgotten that. But they're going to be really happy, though, that you obviously took the time to watch the show and tell them, I like your work. It just helps your rapport immensely. Now, let's just think about something when you're talking about podcasts, listening to you moving forwards and backwards as we're talking, the sound comes and goes oh, yes. as well. Yeah. Do you want to just do that again? I don't even know what you're talking about, Jim. Really, what, what is the big deal here? What are you saying? Let's see. Alex is moving simply just forward and backwards in his chair, and you can hear the difference in the mic. In your article that you've just written, which is on your Medium website depository, you have a number of tools and tips, Alex, don't you, for people going on to podcasts in the same way that we used to have tips for going on TV about what to wear, what not to wear, how to cut your hair and stuff like that. Do you want to take us through a few of your knowns and unknowns for podcast guesting? I will. And I'll say this, by the way, it's hard to believe that I've been doing this forever, but I still get so excited. I do move around a bit and it does kind of mess with the audio a little bit. So just goes to show you folks, everybody's got their thing they got to work on. Jim is extraordinarily good. Jim is really sidled up to the mic and he's not moving. And that way his sound quality is just spot on perfect. It's also a function of having a very small studio. I haven't got a lot of places to move to. <laughs> You've got the luxury of a nice big space. I, if I move, I might fall out of the shed. But go <laughs> or disturb your dog. But no space. Let, let's talk about managing your mic presence and, and things like that. Jim made a great point, listeners, that about three inches away. And I here's the thing. I Before the show, I always insist um, that our guests on our shows, Mysterious Goings On and PR After Hours, the things I ask them to do, there's some things I'm very picky about. And one of besides telling their network that they're going to do the show, tell their social media, I'm going to be on PR After Hours. And then afterward, here's the link to PR After Hours. Please go listen because I view the show as a partnership between us and the guests. Besides that, though, just getting set up before all that, the audio setup, as Jim's talking about, the one of the main reasons people stop listening to a podcast is because the audio is just lousy. And uh, yeah, me bopping around here is is probably a little annoying. But the worst things, I think, are when people record in a, in a loud place. And people don't think about that. But it could be anything from a, a continually, not your dog, Jim, but a continually barking dog to children playing typing really loud during the interview. My goodness, I've even had people eating during an interview. It, it's true. And I've had to say, hey, maybe put the burrito aside until after. We're, we're going to be done here. Just a minute. They were taking your show seriously then, Alex. I think I'm apparently, I'm a little too laid back. And they just thought, hey, man, this guy's whatever. He's just laid back. I, I am not the big Lebowski of podcasters, though. So I've had to snap that back. But yeah, taking it seriously. But that's one thing. But the one thing I tell them, I say, look, I don't expect you, if you're going to be in my pod, to go out and buy a fancy microphone. Okay, I don't. Partic less and less. And there's so many good, cheap USB microphones out there now. If you intend to be on a lot of podcasts, I suggest you get one. You're going to sound better. You're going to look more professional. But anyway, I get a lot of authors on Mysterious Goings On, and they do some media about once or twice a year when there's a new book or whatever. And so they're only on a, maybe a couple of dozen shows. And if they don't really want to invest in a mic, I say most smartphones come with a good set of earbuds with a mic built in. That is leaps and bounds better than just talking into the internal mic of your computer. 
And I have had guests argue with me. So I sound fine. Uh, Alex, please don't be this way. I sound fine. I'm like, I can hear you. It's great that I can hear you. And they say, I do Zoom calls all the time. Nobody says they can't hear me. And I said, that's fine. But remember, podcasting is an intimate medium. And people usually have earbuds in when they're listening to it. That means every creak of your chair. That means every bit of vocal fry. That means uh, all this stuff is right there. And that's one reason why Jim says, Alex, stop moving around. But the other part is if you're just talking into a internal mic, it at best, I think it's hard on the ears for particularly if you do a show that's more than a few minutes. I think that the listeners have it. But at worst, I think you're shouting in a storm cellar, basically. Yeah. The other so, reason I say that is put some earbuds in because you don't want the echo of your internal speakers giving feedback on your mic. That sounds awful. The program, one of the programs I use to record tells me when people sign off of an episode, by the way. And I've just done a little back of the envelope look at some of my episodes where I knew the uh, the quality was sound quality wasn't so great. The guest was fine, but the sound quality wasn't so great. Those are the ones that get abandoned on a regular basis. The statistics show that people will happily watch a movie where the pictures are not good, but they will leave a movie if the audio is bad. There is some accommodation that we'll put up with because the mind will make up more of the images, but it won't make up the music. So we have to think about the audio. And also, I think this other point, though, Alex, about knowing what it is that you want to communicate is really important, isn't it? Because you touched on a very key point that I found with clients. They expect the journalist or the podcast host to know their domain as well as they do. And the journalist is often is really doing us a favor by being a conduit to their audience. And so I think we also have to balance out our expectations about what they're willing to ask and what they're willing to understand. What about if you're coaching your your clients, Alex, to address the kinds of audience that they want to, how do you help them to, if you like, decide how to pitch, whether it's going to be a very technical story or it's going to be a very sales story or a very corporate story? Because you mentioned about having three stories in your arsenal. Can you give us some guidance on how you help them to prepare not three of the same stories, but three different stories that are interesting? The first thing, though, Jim, as you as you well know, is that our job in, in public relations as consultants is to make sure we don't waste the news media's time or our clients' time pitching them to outlets that just really don't. This doesn't work. This morning show I do locally, it's more of a lifestyle kind of thing. And I talk about social media and how to use it and tips like I'm, we're talking about today, that kind of thing. But I had a client who, who was into negotiating with the IRS. Now, I thought, hey, this is an example of me not being real smart on this, I guess. I thought, oh, the IRS, well, everybody has to file their taxes. But what was what I didn't understand was that this show, yeah, people, they would like some tips on dealing with the IRS. But the client was more about dealing with the IRS if you're in arrears of your taxes for several years and like you're on, you're in danger of going to jail. And they're like basically in a nice way saying, Alex, don't harsh our buzz at nine o'clock in the morning. People are drinking coffee and we're talking about going to jail. And I, it was a valuable lesson for me. I think the thing is that if you're working, if you're doing it yourself, especially, but if you're working with a PR person is to make sure that you both agree, okay, 
this business radio outlet is a really great place for me to go to talk about being in arrears with the IRS, right? This business uh, publication, this business related deal. I, I also worked for with a national pest control company and it was basically let's they they were basically mail order. They would mail you the ingredients, you would combine them at home and you would do your pest control. They would save you money. It's it's a lot like all these things, especially during lockdown that occurred, where people were having stuff delivered. And that actually started getting traction because it was timely and it worked with just about every part of the media. So that's the other thing too. I told you earlier that when we're selecting media, if it's local media, there should be a good local angle to it. So you need to be able to, this question I get often, Jim, I don't know if you do, but when I'm pitching, let's say a local TV station again, they'll say, is there anybody locally who's used this? Is there is there a restaurant that uses this? Is there a business that uses this where we could go out and get some B-roll so we could get some video of this so we can interview other people besides you and your expert? So that's an important thing to keep in mind. If it's local, localize it as much as you can and have a story of a client. Talk to them ahead of time and say, hey, listen, we're, I'm going to try to talk to Channel 5 about this. I'd love to mention that you're using our service and you love it and maybe they could interview you. Now, most of the time they'll be like, Let's do it because they get some free publicity out of it. But you ask that ahead of time. And then when you're pitching a producer, you say, well, and by the way, Jim over at ABC, blah, blah, blah. He's going to, he's available to talk to you about it too and give you um, more information about it. So that's what I like to do is to make sure that it's not just me, but I can have some third party credibility going on with some other folks. So those are some things you need to think about. The biggest tip I can give is Put yourself in their chair. And Jim, you're really good at this. I can, we've already talked about this. They're doing you a favor. And remember, they are not an expert on everything that you are. So if you want them to help you by putting you on their program or in their publication, knock down every potential objection they would have to interviewing you and using it. So that means say ahead of time, I have all these assets I can share with you, video assets, other people you can interview. I can bring it all to you. I can give you free samples. I can do all these things. Knock down every objection and then make sure you remind them, oh, here it's local, it's timely. There's something called newsjacking, which sounds like a, a harsh word, but if there is a big story that is consuming everybody's life right now, and there almost always is, right? Every week there's something, and uh, this lockdown and the, the pandemic sadly has been one. If you can find an angle that can ride along with the news cycle, that puts you in even greater stead with the news media. And then, Alex, after you've been on the show, then is there anything that someone should do to make sure that there's a good follow through? Jim, great question. Remember to share the links to your appearance on all your social media and channels and newsletters. And this seriously, people look at me funny, but a thank you email to the producers or host of the podcast or the news media that you appear on is a nice touch, especially if you tell them you shared the links to it. And by the way, even traditional news media, they're in the game now. They want clicks. If you say, hey, I shared links to the YouTube of our interview on my social media, that's really beneficial. And it's just just a nice thing to do. Just remember, being prepared, thoughtful, and easy to work with is what most of what it takes to be a good guest. And that, of course, bring value to the show with your expertise. And- Alex, if people want to newsjack you, hijack you to help them with their story, <laughs> how can they come and find a, a fellow PR person that's worked over 25 years, two podcasts? I, managing one, I think, is a challenge. Managing two is inspirational. How do people get hold of Alex Greenwood in Missouri? Managing two might be insanity, actually, but you can find me at alexgpr.com. And again, my PR show is PR After Hours, and my 
writing and creativity podcast is Mysterious Goings On. But it's easy to find me through Alex G. Um, I'm on Twitter at A underscore Greenwood as well. Alex, thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom on how to get noticed if you are unnoticed. Thank you, Alex Greenwood, all the way from Missouri for joining us on the Unnoticed Show today. My pleasure, sir.